Emotional sobriety is not about developing a thicker skin. It's about going deeper, right? I could see where somebody would think that, but the truth of it is it's not getting a thicker skin. It's learning to differentiate yourself. It's learning to Mm -hmm. separate yourself from other people's opinions or behavior and not take everything so personally. Bill Wilson, co-founder of Alcoholics Anonymous, wrote in 1952, If we examine every disturbance we have, great or small, we will find at the root some unhealthy dependence and its consequent demand. Wilson suggested that if we could identify and continually surrender these unrealistic and unrealizable demands, that we may then be able to accomplish what he imagined to be the recovery's next frontier, something he called emotional sobriety. Flash forward 70 years and join psychotherapists and best-selling authors Tom Rutledge and Dr. Alan Berger, who have taken up the mantle of exploring Bill Wilson's new frontier. Welcome to Emotional Sobriety. Welcome to Emotional Sobriety, the podcast. I'm Tom Rutledge, and uh, with me is my friend, my colleague, my buddy, my um, brother, whatever else you may be, uh, Dr. Allen Berger, partner in crime, partner in in crime, partner in crime. (laughs) Somebody that's having a lot of fun doing this is who I am with you. That's the truth, man. That's been a wonderful time here and on Thursday nights. And it's just been a real high point of my week for me. I'm excited about today's episode because we're going to, we're going to kind of, we're going to summarize or as I don't know that it can be summarized, but we're going to review again, kind of go over the, the, some highlights of your, of your book as we finish going through it. Um, but it, it's, um, I just want to say, I mean, you're, you're just tearing it up with this emotional sobriety stuff in terms of just in, increasing the ripple effect as it goes outward. I mean, it's, it's like more than I know what I, I know what I know from talking to you, but then I'll, then I'll just glance over my right shoulder and somebody says, Oh yeah, well, he's also doing this and this. And it's like, I'm going like, man, you know that, I mean, you really are. This is a, this is a real service um, to, I, you know, and this is going to sound corny as hell, but this is a real service to the world. It's, it's like, get, this, there are so many people res- responding to this, uh, this old idea that Bill Wilson had, uh, this whole concept and this whole thing, this whole premise. And I swear to you, I mean, everything I said about the idea that you were born about the time he was writing about this. And and he said this would be the next frontier. He, you know, when, when you're when you're young, you don't really know how time works. And it's like, like the truth. The truth is this many, you know, 70 years is not that long. You know, in this in the span of human history, and it's like you've really taken the baton, I think, from Bill Wilson, and and uh, and I and I love being a part of that. Well, thanks, Tom, and I'm glad you've joined me in 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 this quest that we have to share this information because mm-hmm. it's making a big difference in a lot of people's lives. Um, while I was uh, on vacation last week, when I missed joining you and Dr. Sean for that great great discussion. Um, yeah, she's great. I, I, love, I love talking yeah, to her. She is. No, Sean's <laughs> really got some great, great concepts. And she's really, she's helping a lot of people understand a lot of things, especially around the ACA issues. And um, I was invited during that week to share at an international NA meeting that was being um, interpreted in Iran, in Israel, and I got to share for 20 minutes on emotional sobriety. 
Oh and it God. was amazing. I mean, the thing's going to be going out all over, all over the Middle East. It's going to be carrying the message. And it was an NA meeting. And typically, you know, there's this energy around sharing AA stuff in NA meetings, right? They really want mm-hmm. their autonomy. But I'll tell you, they were so open and excited about the ideas of emotional sobriety because it resonates so deeply for people in recovery. They yeah. they feel this stuff. It's, it talks to them where they live their lives. And I think, you know, if we segue into this, we'll check in with Patrick in a minute. Um, you know, this stuff is really grassroots stuff. It really is. Mm-hmm. That's what I think Bill Wilson was able to bring to us. Stuff that's very practical and speaks to us where we live. Speaking about where we live, you know, let's just give a, a thought out to those people in Ukraine fighting for their freedom. Amen. God bless God bless them right now. They're in a hell of a battle. And, they're, you know, if I was closer, I'd be one of those volunteers heading off to, to Ukraine. I tell you what, man, you're seeing some, you're seeing some ser- serious integrity, too. It's like this is such a such a powerful thing to, to, to see out of, you know, the you know, what's the what's, what's the good of, of, you know, evil showing its face so much is that, that you know, it's really it's really a, a, a wonderful to see you know, this kind of integrity and this kind of love and it's, you know, and not just nationalism. I mean, they're standing up for their country, but it's, it's like, this is a standing up for yourselves. This, so it's, it's, you know, this yourself, standing up for democracy, standing up mm-hmm. for the right for, to, to govern yourself. I mean, standing up against, mm-hmm. you know, a tyranny and look, I mean, you know, we've just come out of a four years of, of a lot of misinformation and you just see how tyrants use that to try to manipulate the scene. And what I love that's happening right now is the world has said, sorry, we're not buying any of it. Mm-hmm. You know, we're isolating you, you know, and, and thank God, man, you know, look, NATO started to get pretty, you know, shredded in my opinion, mm-hmm. in terms of what happened here in the United States. But now, NATO has come together and this solidified. This has done the exact opposite that Putin thought it was going to do. Right. And well, let, let me say this is as, as, because I think this is as not so much a segue to your book, but it's, it's like it's back to the emotional sobriety is one of the things you're talking about doing, doing this talking at this international conference conference is the idea that uh, our international meeting uh, of NA is is it's it makes me think that it, it, it makes me think that I, I've I've always said as kind of a, a, a almost a toss off joke through the years, you know I don't know what people do who don't have the the A's, you know the 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 AA or the NA or the OA that kind of. What do people do without the A's? And this is this is the and I was and I said my, my the punchline of that was I think there just needs to be one big A, um, and of course you can imagine the jokes I would get back. It's yeah, it's but but. Uh, <laughs> I lobbed that one over the net to use our tennis metaphor. It's like, like, um, but the idea is emotional sobriety not only speaks to each each of these programs, but it really what I'm seeing is it casts a net that's farther out so that people can hold on or cast a, a life preserver out there so people can hold on who don't necessarily identify as you know as alcoholics or addicts or you know one thing or the other. It's like it's, it's a human condition. 
And, you know, and that's, and that's what I've learned all the way, all the way through the 12 steps since I've been gotten into sobriety. My, you know, I mentioned several times my sponsor would say, you know, AA has, you know, or just to say the 12 steps has, has 12, but, but it's like one of them mentions addiction. You know, one of them mentions the, what's the ailment. The rest of them, it, what he said was the rest of them was about, are about how to be a better person. And uh, it's, it's, it's like, and the truth is this is, you know, and we've kind of batted back and forth this idea of, you know, that, uh, you know, I, I certainly say that the the world, including our political structure, needs a uh, there needs to be a place for for mental health awareness, and we need that doesn't need to be the tagline on the end of the show. That needs we need to be thinking about what mental health is, what what integrity is, and all this other stuff with our representatives. And it's like I think there's a, I think there's a place where you know this goes into a place where the it, it can help a lot more people than just just <laughs> just us addicts. Right. That's right. Very true. Very, very. And Patrick, true. speaking of speaking of checking in with Patrick, I know Patrick has has has, has if, if we he has enough thoughts on all of this. If we if you and I could just take the rest of the morning off and give it over to Patrick and he could. <laughs> no, I, I just wanted to tie it into um, our exploration of this book and the work we've been doing on the podcast is, um, you know, I'm uh, in a lot of therapy with, uh, you know, both individually and with my girlfriend, we're working through some things and um, she's also in recovery. And I, she was asking my advice on something last week. And so I was trying to describe for her the emotional sobriety project or like mm -hmm. the, how I see the function of my recovery and how I'm going about it. And, um, you know, the most rudimentary way I could think of to describe it to her is that, um, from maybe the age of 16 up until the age of 31, several years ago, I would not manage my emotions without mediating them with alcohol or drugs. <laughs> and I think like the work I've been doing with you guys and, uh, and going through Alan's book, it's just like a whole, a whole index for um, how to actually like, I mean, I'm just feeling things for the first time, I think, and like good things and bad things and then meeting those somehow and then um, understanding them, you know, in like a practical sense. And so yeah. that's kind of like my ground floor, you know, conception of emotional sobriety is that it's like a mindful way of sorting and, uh, you know, moving through the emotions that uh, come with life. Well, that's beautiful. I mean, and, and managing it's, it's like that. I mean, and I, wow. I mean, that's, I mean, I, you know, I think emotional sobriety is one of those things where you can, you, you know, it's, it's weird that we spend all this time with it, but, but, but I think all three of us probably get that deal where somebody says, what is it? And we go like, okay, which it's almost, it's, it's not like, how do I define it? It's like, which definition do I want to use here? Cause there's, there's, so it's the business on the angle. It's, it's, it is a complex thing. And it's like, you look at it from over here and do this, but that's a, that's beautiful. And the, the idea that, that you, that you can feel, you feel your feelings for the first time. And I'm going to, I'm going to add something to what you said and you tell me if it's true or not. It's like, it's, I'm feeling the, the good ones and the bad ones, but even feeling the bad ones is good. Yeah. Uh, because that's you're the learning, idea. You're growing. Yeah. It's like, it's, 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 I mean, and with practice, you begin to know that even in the moment. 
You know, I can, you know, I had a guy, I've had the last couple of weeks, I've had, I've had some, some, uh, some kind of laps back into some where I could put, feel the, the old, old thinking, trying to push in and stuff like that. And I'm in, in dealing with stuff in a different way. And, and it's like, it's like, even though it sucks, it's like you're going, you know, you have this perspective that says, no, 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 this is part of the, pro- this is, and I love your term for it, Patrick, the emotional sobriety project, man. It's yeah. like, that's, there, there's, there's a book title for us, Alan. <laughs> I love it. It is a project. Yeah. No, that's great. You know, it's so funny because you just summarized the book very well. <laughs> you know, unwittingly, you just summarized the book. And that's, what it's about. that's right. It it is about deal with life as it is instead of demanding that life be something that it's not. And so many of us generate these fantasies about what life is supposed to be like for us to be okay. And I think the minute we do that, we diminish our ability to cope with life because we're now setting up this expectation that things are going to happen in a way where we're going to just feel good all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is right, such right. crazy. No, no, yeah. Yeah. Nothing misses the point more than that. It's like, that's no, not it, the point. It's not the yeah. point. And, and, and we get that going. I mean, I, I just, I, w- I wanted to read you guys a little something this morning because it really kind of goes to this whole theme that, that we've been talking about. Uh, a lot in terms of like, how does this stuff show up in relationships, right? You know, and, um, you know, one of my my favorite authors is Dr. Nathaniel Brandon, right? I know you've been reading him too, Tom. He really is talking about emotional sobriety when he talks about autonomy, and we've used that synonymously. You know, so emotional sobriety is emotional autonomy. He goes, romantic love is for grownups. <laughs> I love this. He says it's for grown. It's not for children. It's not for children in a literal sense and also in a psychological sense, not for those who, regardless of age, still experience themselves as children. And what Bill said when he was talking about that letter, our failure to grow up. I mean, Bill nailed it in terms of this. He says, let us remind ourselves of the meaning of autonomy. Autonomy pertains to an individual's capacity for self-direction and self-regulation. Yep. Self-direction and self-regulation, autonomy and self-esteem are inseparable. Autonomy and self-esteem and emotional sobriety are inseparable. Both or all presuppose successful separation and individuation. Autonomous individuals understand that other people do not exist merely to satisfy their needs. (laughs) I love that. Autonomous individuals understand that other people do not exist merely to satisfy their needs. They have accepted the fact that no matter how much love and caring may exist between people, we are each of us in an ultimate sense responsible for ourselves. So he captures the essence of it when he's talking about it. And that's what you were saying, Tom. It's like emotional sobriety really captures so many different psychological movements. You can plug. Oh, absolutely. It's yeah. Language is, it's it's amazing how much, well, well, you know, I mean, Oh, I've been, I've been rereading Carl Rogers. I'm going, I'm going like, like, Oh my God. I read him. I read him 40 years ago when I was a, when I was a kid in this business, it's like, 
you know, and I always respected and, and I learned from him. But, you know, when I read him initially, it was like, oh, oh, he's the good listener. OK, you know, it's like like I'm reading him now and go like this guy was a renegade, you know, you know, wild man in terms of what he was doing and how, how smart he is. It's like it's. Yeah. But let me go back. Let's go back to Patrick, our favorite subject. It's like um, because w- w- as you were reading what uh, Brandon was saying, I was thinking about Patrick again. I'm going because the other thing that's in what he described as his, his summary there what was uh, was it, he didn't say it specifically in terms of his, you know, using his I pronoun. But what, he, what, he, what I got from that was he's you know what he's the emotional sobriety is for him is he's learned that he can do this. See, the reason the reason we we go to to whether it be alcohol, drugs or other behaviors or just duck and cover and run to our get under the the blanket is because we don't see this is the the, the self-esteem. We don't know. We really don't know that we can't that we can do this. It, the reason yeah. we run, this is the compassion we have for ourselves, hopefully, as we learn this, and, and certainly for each other and, and for others that we work with, is that, the, the, listen, the reason, the reason you're messing this up, the reason you fuck up, the reason you're running this other stuff, it's not, it's, not, it's not to say you're not responsible for that, because you are, but there's a reason for it. And, it's, and part of that reason, a big part of it is you don't know that you can do this. And see, the idea that what you're talking about, Patrick, is and you couldn't tell me, I would imagine you can't tell me the moment that that awareness, you know, didn't just pop in one day. This is about through repetition. It's like, when did you when did when you able to keep your balance on the bicycle? You don't know what you know. What you know is that the repetition got you there. And the idea that you don't have to pick up a drink or use a drug anymore because you have some confidence and growing confidence in yourself that you can manage these emotions. And that you can own them. And, and, and it's like, and, 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 you know, you always, we always talk about the differentiation. You think this is a place where this is about integration. No, no, I can let the emotions be part of me. This is because, because really what we're doing a lot of times, if you think about, 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 uh, uh, about separation and uh, differentiation is we just we get it backwards. What we do is, is we, is we sep- we, we basically separate our real selves out you know, and the hard stuff out and we, and we become possessed by the, by the darkness and the toxic stuff. And so we're, we're really making a switch and the real Patrick brings the emotions with him. Does that make sense? It does. And I don't know, I don't always know, or I don't often know how well it's working. Yeah. Hindsight. Yeah. Uh, It's just, I learned, I learned some practices, learned some practices and uh, you know, um, I think I'm just at the beginning. Yeah. Don't, 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 I think I'm just thinking of this right now, but, but hindsight is like, I am, it's going to be late. It's like, it's, it's, you know, you're in or your insight is it's going to come with hindsight. You're going to, you know, it's, it's sometimes we sit around and wait, what I need to understand this go like, well, or maybe you'll understand it later right now. It's, and again, we, the three of us practice this all the time. And that is just repeating the word practice. Well, let's, let's talk about summarizing this book. Let me, let me tell you what I had in mind when I wrote it. And, okay. and uh, I think it's, it's achieved most of, of, of what my, goals were and my intention was is to really give people a sense of what the process looks like you know in i was trained in in as a psychotherapist as a process-oriented psychotherapist now what does that mean is that you take two points like point a and point b 
and you look at what happens between those two points, right? So um, the way I do this when I'm doing a training, I say, you know, Sir Isaac Newton is laying on the grass and he's looking over at this tree. Point A is the apple hanging on this branch in the tree. That's A. Point B is the ground. All of a sudden, the apple falls. Now, what happens between that branch and the ground in terms of what the apple does is the process that Newton started to observe. The apple didn't travel sideways. It went from the branch straight to the ground. And then he started observing other things falling that way. And he says, well, what's going on? What makes this apple fall? Now, he described the phenomena that creates what he observed as gravity. You know, as we come to know it today, he talked about that as gravity. Well, in psychotherapy, I was taught, you know, you and I do this all the time. Person comes in, person is is point A, and they start to talk about their problem, point B. Well, how do they talk about it? How do they think about it? You and I have observed a lot of times that somebody comes in talking about their problem, and they don't have any separation between point A and B. They go, I'm depressed. Mm-hmm. There's no separation. Mm-hmm. So now you're depressed. You and I say, well, wait a minute. Why don't you think about it as you have a part of yourself that is depressing you? Mm-hmm. Now we create a space so they can observe the process that's going on between this one part of themselves and the rest of themselves. And sometimes with something as simple as just language that we don't have to point out, it's just it's just if we if we respond by just simply saying saying so you're dealing with depression, you know, okay, that already see that creates it. And it's like we sometimes we begin by doing that. I mean, sometimes if somebody's especially I think for you and I these days, it's, a lot of times people who come to see us are already familiar with some of our thoughts because we've read our books and that kind of stuff. So, so that's, I like that. that I mean, that's, we're spoiled. I, I am anyway, because, because you get to just jump right into it at that point and just say, okay, well, here's the chair, put the thing over there. Let's, let's go to work. But it's like at the beginning when somebody's doing that, what we're doing is we're trying to help them see, because I have, I am dealing with depression or even I don't care. Even I hate my depression. Is there's there there are there is a, d- a differentiation in there. There is a separation between themselves and the problem. So because because as therapists, as you and I are going to work, I always tell this to my clients: you and I are going to work together to solve the problem. Now the problem is not depression itself. The problem is not even alcohol. You know the problem is our relationship to it. What do you have to do? Yes. If you're in recovery and you want to achieve emotional sobriety. Now, we know because we've been now doing it for over a year. We've been mm-hmm. talking about how the steps help achieve emotional sobriety. Mm-hmm. So clearly, if you work the steps, but the steps also create a certain process inside of a person. Mm-hmm. And what I was looking at is what is that process? I wanted to, to look at the meta issues that are involved, right? To go beyond that mm-hmm. and say, well, And we started with in the book, right, waking up, because that's the first thing that has to happen is we have to have a crack in that cosmic egg that says, you know what, maybe the way that I've been thinking about things, the way I've been looking at things, the set of beliefs that I've developed in my life, they're a part of they are the problem. It's like, oh, my goodness. You know, if that starts out this week, I like to think of it as a disillusionment. If I can become disillusioned with the way that I've been functioning, 
I now open myself up to new possibilities. And Tom, I, that's one of the things I've loved about working with you through the years. When somebody sits down with you in therapy, and I've seen it because of the demonstrations mm -hmm. we've done together, mm -hmm. they're going to leave that session with a set of new possibilities in their life. Mm -hmm. I've seen it many times. You've seen me do it many mm -hmm. times. Yep. Possibilities. Yep. We, we may do it differently, but it's the effect is the same thing. They are going to discover that there's a whole nother way of looking at a problem, dealing with a problem than heretofore they've ever considered, ever considered in their life. And that's the, to me, the exciting thing about recovery, the exciting thing about therapy, especially the way, you know, we, you know, function as therapists mm -hmm. and the exciting thing about this emotional sobriety, the process leads to the discovery of new possibilities. You know, the book talks about we will learn how to handle situations that used to baffle us. Well, that might be the a great, great summary in terms of what is emotional or what does emotional sobriety do? It really opens up some doors to you handling problems in ways that not only help you to deal with the situation, but that enhance who you are as a person, that grow you as a person. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and let's go. Go ahead. No, go ahead. But that's the exciting well, thing. About, yeah, the, I mean, because the thing, the thing you're in a process way in this. And your book is your book. Absolutely, you know. I mean, it's um, you know, as we're as we're as we're teaching this stuff, as we're talking, as we're writing, you know, we don't want to we don't want to rewrite or restate the same sentence necessarily over and over again. Although each of us have our own sentences we repeat a lot that pe that people will do when they were doing an impersonation of us. But it's it's uh, but but repetition is really important. And one of the things in terms of process, I mean, repetition is everything when it comes to process. If you're going to create a, a new habit, or as as um, oh, I forgot his name again. Patrick, the guy who wrote The Power of Habit. I need we I, I talk about that book a lot. I need to know his name. Let me look that up for you. Okay. But he but he, while he's doing that, what he's what he says, I like this. What he says in his, his book, The Power of Habit, is is the idea you don't Charles Duhigg? Yeah, Charles Duhigg. It's like you that you that you don't you don't replace. He fits into what you and I talk about. You don't get rid of, you don't replace. He says you change. You you change the habit. It's like it's it's, it's he talks about. Uh, uh, I don't want to get off the we we'll get off the I want to say this: what in order to do all of this work is what you were describing before was just when you were saying when people come in and sit down and talk to either one of us, and although we have made some difference in our style, it's 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 they're going to have stuff. They're going to come away with new possibilities. One of the things that I believe does that is the fact that we meet each person we're talking with with genuine curiosity. So that that one of the things that that because a lot of times people what I've discovered is that people coming to to people like us or to doctors or something like that, they is they really we've really been trained to have this this idea that that this person is going to tell me what it is and what what I'm supposed to do, and it's like. It's like, and, and, and it may even be, I'm sure there are people who could say that it could be a little disconcerting at first when we're just curious about it and they're trying to figure it out. And we don't, we don't put ourselves out there and say, oh yeah, well, I, you know, I got this. It's like, it's, but I think one of the things we first start doing, and I never thought, thought of this techni technically as a, as a method or, or any part of technique 
I think just looking, look like we were talking about with, with uh, Patrick with hindsight, I, looking back at my career, I can see, I think this really helps. I think at that point, we're actually modeling for the person a new way to, to, to look at themselves. It's like, it's like, you know, let's, let's look into that. I wonder what that is. You know, how long have you, even if it's like, how long have you been experiencing that? You know, is it worse sometimes than others? Is it, you know, and it's just like, there's, you know, and you just begin, you know, you begin to get really curious and we, in our problem, our problem solver, our curious problem solver comes out. And hopefully, I hope after the very first episode or episode session, I guess some people might call a session with me an episode, but it, it's it's but somebody would come out. They're actually thinking a little bit differently already. And your book takes people through a process. With, I mean, that part is not even less necessarily one, two, three laid out, but it's but it's throughout the book about let's explore this. Let's investigate this. Let's look at all the possibilities, to, you know, and create and, and over creating new possibilities as much as we're, we're, we're discovering them. And I guess the term you use a lot, we discover new possibilities. No, and I love, I love the, when you talk about that, we bring a curiosity. Oh, God. To, it's, it's what we love about this work. I, yeah, you know, you and I've talked about this. One of my favorite, you know, I do, I, you know, you and I both would rather teach by demonstration than anything. If I, if we could just go in front of a group of people and just, just say, Hey, come on up here and let's work. You know, that's more fun than, than the didactic part of that stuff it, to me. And I think it is for you too. And people, yeah. and, and for, I've had people say to me before, well, isn't that really scary? Because what if it goes wrong? And I go like, oh, it goes wrong all the time. You know, <laughs> it's like, you know, if, if the definition of wrong is I, I make it, I make some assumption on the front end. You kind of got to do that a little bit as you're learning to, to, to you got to, you don't know if you're assumptions as much as, as hypotheses that you test. And it's like, I love those, those demonstrations when what I thought was the case turns out to be about halfway through. Oh, that's not it at all, you know, right. because because first of all, it piques my curiosity. But the other thing, especially when we're doing professional training, Alan, you and I love both of this is I love showing people that doing our job has nothing to do with having to be right. It's like humility is a big piece of this. It's like to be able to go like. You know, it's it's okay to end the session by going like, you know what? I'm a little bit more confused at the, at the end of this session than I, than I was when we started. But that's, I think that you know, I'll, I can put that in a good frame because I go like, I'm, I'm going to think about this some more, and you know, we're going to, I'm going to try, you know, and I'll, so, at the end of some sessions, I'll give somebody a suggested homework assignment. Uh, at the end of some sessions, I've said I'm going to give myself a suggested homework assignment. This is what I'm going to do, and I'll and I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to check this out, or I'm going to write this. And I'll I'll bring it back next time. We'll look at this. And and I think that kind of approach is so satisfying. And I hope that the clients pick up on it and and go, you know, because because we really I, I really do feel that there it's not just it's not just bullshit to say it. I feel like each of my clients is my collaborator. And your book is that. It's like it is, it is your book is a collaboration with the reader. No, that's, 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 I love, I love how you're describing it, Tom. That really, really captures, captures the essence of it. Mm -hmm. And it is in, you know, the other thing I think about is I tried in the book and I think it was, I was pretty successful at it is to, is to take composites from different therapy mm -hmm. sessions and yep. use those composites to demonstrate a particular theme in each chapter 
And so if you want to see what it's like to be in therapy, read some of those vignettes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, because they pretty are accurate in capturing the process that you and I have seen so many times. And and it, it's, you know, like you said, we are, I consider the work we do sacred in so many ways. It is we get to sit with people this way that Dr. Robert Novelli, a neuropsychologist, a brilliant man, learned so much from him. And when I was doing my, uh, my pre-doctoral internship, he said, we're asking patients to sit down and bleed for us. That's the way he said it. We're asking them to open up their veins and bleed for us. He says, there's, that's sacred. Well, the work we're doing is quite sacred to do this. And I know you take it that way and I take it that way. And, and, and we do know we are blessed to be able to enter into people's lives this way and to, to have a chance to help them make a difference in what they're experiencing. What you also said right now is at the heart of this thing. There's really no such thing as a mistake. In some way, it's a myth that there's a mistake because it means you should have done it a different way. And there is no, you should have done it a different way. You do what you do because that's what you do. And it's not that it's a mistake. There might be better ways to do it. I, I mean, I love what, what Dr. Kempler used to tell me. He says, Alan, the only mistake is not learning from your mistakes. That's he it. says, that's, that's the it. only mistake available. And that's what emotional sobriety is about. It's about being able to experience life and grow from your experience. You know, it's so funny when I was in uh, an undergraduate, you know, whenever I'd get an assignment to write a paper and stuff like that, you know, I'd go and I'd write about recovery and addiction. And, and I was in a personality, uh, psychology personality class. And I had to write a paper about, you know, personality. And I said, okay, well, let me research and see if anybody writes about it, is there in one personality that's more susceptible to addiction than another? Mm -hmm. All the research I showed was, no, nope, you take the MMPI scales and you can have every one of those scales and you still and you can be an addict. It's not one is more prone to addiction than another. You take, you know, extrovert, introvert. Are more introverts uh, alcoholic than I? No. <laughs> and if somebody said it's an equal opportunity destroyer. You put it on something and it'll destroy it no matter what kind of personality you have. The one thing that did stand out from all of the research that I reviewed was that alcoholics and addicts, and I use alcoholic as a specific form of addiction, they fail to learn from their experience. Mm -hmm. They fail to learn from their experience. In the meetings, in the rooms we hear it, you're doing the same thing and expecting better results. I mean, mm -hmm. it's never better. It's we don't have better results. The <laughs> results are the same or worse. But that's the thing that stands out. Emotional sobriety is the opposite of that. In emotional sobriety, we are learning from our experience. We're taking our pain, we're taking our anxiety, we're taking our depression, we're taking our frustration, our disturbance, and we're unpacking it to try to understand what, what's created that for us so we can try on some new ways. Yeah, emotional, emotional sobriety, getting up and learning is, is part of the job description. That's right. You know, we're we're all we're all getting up to do the the uh, yeah. 
the job of, of, of I, I don't, I, some, some old stoic philosopher said this, and I don't remember which one it was. Seneca, maybe is, is the idea. Our, we, our job is to get up and be human. Go out and yeah. be human. And it's like, and, and in this particular case, we have a more specific job description that, that emotional sobriety gives us. Uh, and, and that is to, to, to you know, if, if we, because I love what Kempler said about, about, you know, the only mistake is to not learn from your mistakes. And, you know, one of my little nutshells is you learn, you learn from failure, it becomes success. It's like, I mean, the idea is, you know, you, you, you take a wrong turn and it tells you that, you know, what does it say? Well, should I set up camp here and, and bemoan that I took the wrong turn for the next three years, or should I turn my ass around and get back, you know, to, to the road and try another one? You know, it's, you know, I I have no sense of direction whatsoever. I mean, I mean, I have, I could get plenty of testimony for that. So when I used to travel to do workshops back in the old days, I would, you know, I worked for Pessy Healthcare and I would, I would drive, I would fly to a city, rent a car, and then I would do three days in a row, three different hotels in, in the general area, like two hour cities apart. And I, and, and I just spent all my time being lost. And it's like, I would just drive and get lost. It's, it's like, except for if you're in North Dakota, you cannot get lost in North Dakota. It's like, but, but, uh, but one of one of my one of my jokes, but it's actually kind of true, is the idea that I would tell people, if you're ever going to get lost, I'm the guy to be with. And it's, and it's not because I have a great sense of direction. It's because I have so much experience being lost. It's like, I, you know, I'm the, I'm the coolest head. I, I mean, I can get freaked. You, get, you show me a snake and I'm going to freak out. You, you get me lost. I'm the coolest head under that situation in that situation because I'm going like, could I even have strategies about that? You know, you go in a circle because that way, if, you, if you're lost on it any kind of highway system you go in a circle and then finally you just go well i've never taken that exit before so you you know you have you know and you eventually find your way but it's all about the what, what i realized when we start talking about most of sobriety and going through your book is oh that's an example of how i changed over time my expectation so that i actually expect myself to get lost because not the way i set myself up but because i kind of do that and it's and it's like so what i what am i learning about that first of all i'm learning that i you know i always established my schedule so i had plenty of time to be lost i made time for it you know, I also realized I did a little tourism while I was doing that. One time I was lost in Philadelphia for three hours. You know, I, I saw the Rocky Steps. I, you know, I, you know, I, you know, I saw I saw Independence Hall, you know, <laughs> all these things. It's like I didn't mean to. I just accidentally went on tour. But the That's point true. is, we're just it is process. We are works in process. That's right. The accidental tourist. <laughs> See, That's the me. Tourist. That's tough. The, or the disoriented tourist for me. Yeah, we know what. Then we're with Tom. Even if we're lost, we're in good hands. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Sounds like a good therapist, right? Yeah. You yeah. Want to, I never thought about that, but you're right. No, let's, let's, get, I mean, hey, let's, let's get lost together. That's right. <laughs> Good therapist. There's that's another a, book title. There's another book title. I've, I've titled so, so many more yeah, books than I've ever been books to write. I don't know how we're going to write them in this lifetime. <laughs> well, help me with well, this I, distinction. I, 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 I had a question. Um, emotional sobriety is not about developing a thicker skin. It's about going deeper, right? There's a major well, difference. In, in that, I can see where people would say that because I'm writing that down because of our reactivity. People think, well, I, I got to get a thicker skin so I, I don't take everything so personally. I could see where somebody would think that. But the truth of it is, it's not getting a thicker skin. It's learning to differentiate yourself. It's learning 
to mm-hmm. separate yourself from other people's opinions or behavior and not take everything so personally. I understand why somebody might say it, but you're right. It doesn't capture the process. You're not developing a thicker skin. What you're doing is you're paying attention to your boundary with other people and, and you're seeing where your skin ends and their skin begins. So it's not a well, thicker skin. Right. Well, you, and, where, and I, no, I love that you said that because I've heard somebody recently use the term uh, 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 tolerant. We have to become more, we are, most of sobriety people are more tolerant. It's like, no, it doesn't work. I, I mean, it's, it's like, t- at least for me, this is, this is language. So it can mean different things for different people, but, 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 but tolerance for me uh, generally means I'm storing stuff up and it's going to, it's going to come back and it's, it's coming out later, but, but I love, but it's, 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 um, no, it's a it's it's when you go deeper, what you do is you go down into that value system and you just and you we basically ask ourselves questions that nobody are, are we've never asked ourselves. Nobody was asking us specifically. And that is what matters. Now, I do remember this philosopher. I think Marcus Aurelius said said this, that that it, we love ourselves more than other people. But we but we but we care so much more about other people's opinions than our own. You know, it, it's 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 like it's it's, you know, it's. Um, even those of us who hate ourselves are are still self-absorbed you know that's right. that's that's the thing it's, it's like but the idea is you go down there and, and and we we can't change this until until you go deep enough to ask the question is okay why you know okay so you're telling me that that patrick so you're upset because of what patrick well you what you think patrick thinks of you or what he said to you and you go yeah it's it's it's, it's cutting me so deeply it's like and i'm not saying it shouldn't matter but i'm going like so why are you so destroyed by that and it's like you know and why does it matter to you it's like so you know what we're going to do when we're talking about actual relationships there's we're actually we're not going to go it doesn't matter because i think that's another people mistake mistake people make about most sobriety that we're saying you don't care you don't care about whether you know it's like no but it's like how much does it matter in what way does it matter you know and what we're going to do in that session if if, I, if you're coming to me because you have a problem with patrick is we're going to figure out which part of that you need to deal with patrick and which part of that you need to deal with yourself and and, and the part where we're destroying ourselves because somebody may not like us or may not or may be critical of us that's the part that is within ourselves that's the intrapersonal part that you talk about throughout this book where it's it's like we're 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 you know to go back to the old TA redecision therapy where we're really redeciding things. Right. That's right. Exactly true. Well, listen, you guys, I appreciate taking this journey through my book with you guys and and giving reader, you know, our listeners a chance to get a preview of it, you know. Um mm-hmm been great man and i hope uh, well, it's it been more than a preview it's been it's been a workshop on it i think it's, it's really like, been a like yeah yeah if, if people people who i hope i hope that people who i mean i love the fact that because podcasts where, where they are there all of these are out there so we could say whatever you know episode this through that you know do this we you know i i think it's important for us to put that information out there and say if you know pick up pick up alan's book and then as you know and and then and then listen to these episodes and and it's it's like because I mean this this gets to be this gets to be a free supplement to having the book. Yeah. I mean, and listen, and also give people a heads up. But you know, hopefully this summer, Tom, you and I talked about mm-hmm. maybe sometime in July, you coming out to yeah, and we're just doing a workshop at Harmony Hollow Farm. So if you're mm-hmm. interested, please mm-hmm. write to Tom or to me or to mm-hmm. Patrick. 
and we'll put you on a mailing list to make sure you get that flyer. So that mm-hmm. Tom and I will be doing an all-day Sunday at Harmony Hollow Farm mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. Lambertville, New Jersey. And uh, we'd love for you to join us. We're, and we're, and we're, I'm doing my, my, I think we both are, but I've already I've been talking to Patrick saying, if look, if after all this time, we three of us have been doing this. If Alan and I are getting together a workshop, we need Patrick. <laughs> yeah, I'll be there and uh, <laughs> Good. I'll put your emails in the show notes so that people can get in touch okay. with you and with me. Yeah. Let's check in with each other next week. See you then. Peace out. See you guys next week. Tinge your life. Tinge your myth. Cultivate your narrative with whomever you're with. Then with glass in hand and children on one knee. Bring some stories. Bring your stories back to me. It ain't a crime to be a human. Never be ashamed to be yourself. Rest assured that whatever you're doing entertain me like nobody else so here's to us my old friends until it's time to drink the wine and break the bread again with glass in hand and children on one knee bring some stories bring your stories back to me